Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Dara Kurtz. She is an author based in North Carolina. How are you doing today, Dara? Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here. I hope you're having a good day so far. Yes, absolutely. The sun is out and, you know, it's always a good day when the sun's out. Yes, the sun is out here too. It's a nice feeling. It's supposed to get warmer today, so that's good. Um, The weather's been a lot of all over the map here, so it's nice when the sun's out for sure. All right, Dara, let's jump right in here. So you are an author, a speaker, a cancer survivor, the founder of Crazy Perfect Life, a wife, and a mother to two daughters. Has writing always been a part of your life? Yeah. Gosh, when you say all those roles, it's kind of like, <laughs> wow. You wear a lot of hats, Dara. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we all do, right? And when yeah. we sit there and we think about it. So writing has been something that I've always liked doing. And uh-huh. when I was a little girl, I would write stories. And I remember being like in high school and being in class and not listening to like what was going on in algebra, but, you know, (laughs) writing a story. um, And I write for the paper, but I didn't major in journalism because I was highly encouraged to go down the business path. And it was really important to my family. I was kind of taught to make sure I could support myself and make sure that I have a career that I am always able to sort of you know, they never, my parents never wanted me to feel like I couldn't stand on my own two feet. And so I majored in business and finance and I did really like it, Mm -hmm. but, but I did really want to be writing. And so it wasn't until after I went through breast cancer seven years ago that I decided to quit my job, walk away from it and really focus on writing. Wow. Okay. Well, speaking of writing, I'm going to assume here, judging by the title of your latest book, I Am My Mother's Daughter, that the inspiration behind writing that book was to do with the loss of your past of, of, and passing of your mother. Now, I read that you lost your mother to cancer two weeks after you gave birth to your first daughter, correct? Yeah. So the same weekend I found out I was pregnant with my first child, it was the same weekend I found out my mom had stage four cancer. Oh and my gosh. it was, yeah, it was such a hard time. The bigger my tummy got, the sicker my mom got. And oh. it was really kind of like parallel, you know, joys and just such desperation all at the Uh, same time. And a few weeks after I had my first daughter, Zoe, my mom passed away and it was uh, um, such a hard time. And, you know, this is not a book I ever planned on writing. It wasn't something that I, I thought 
I was ever going to do. And um, it wasn't until I found a Ziploc bag of a hundred letters, which I'm sure we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that this even sort of evolved. And at the time I was working on another project and it just felt like I wanted to write this and it felt like there was something here. And that's when I just kind of put it all aside and just literally sat and sobbed and wrote at the same time. Wow. So speaking of those letters, can you tell us a bit about, or talk to us a bit about the inspiration and motivation and how that all came about to write the book? Yeah. So, you know, I think there are times in life when we're supposed to find things or realize things at a particular time in our lives. And um, my oldest daughter, Zoe, the same one that we were just talking about, was in college. She was about to go back to college. And when my kids were young, I kept what I called a mommy daughter journal where Mm -hmm. I would write to them and put it on their pillow. They would write to me, put it on my pillow. And it was just, it was, it was a really beautiful way for us to talk and solve drama and, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, but right before she went back to school, she was in my room and we found our mommy daughter journals. We were so excited. And then when she went back to school, I was thinking later on that day, gosh, I wish I had something like that for my mom. Mm -hmm. And it had been over 20 years since my mom passed away. And that's when I remembered that I had a Ziploc bag of letters in the back of a cabinet in my den. And there were over a hundred letters and most of them were written from my mom. And I had totally forgotten that I had this bag. It had made its way here when my dad and my stepmother moved into their own home Mm -hmm. and my dad was cleaning out, you know, the house that he had with my mom. And, and so I never really had the courage to open up that bag because I was so afraid opening the bag would sort of unleash all of the grief and the pain and the sadness. But a little bit of time went by. And finally, one day I opened that bag and I was blown away by how I felt like I was having a conversation with my mom. I could feel her personality. I could hear her voice. And it was like the biggest gift ever. And That's it changed my life. I'm sure. yeah. How long had those letters been there then? So they were written, the letters were written to me the first time I went to sleepaway camp when I was nine years old. Wow. I know <laughs> until I graduated from college and it was just kind of like a pattern. Like I would go somewhere and I would get letters and I would save them. And then when I went back home, I would just, I would add them to this bag and totally unintentional. It became like the place that I saved all of the meaningful letters that I received throughout my life. And Then fortunately, when my dad and my stepmother moved, that bag came here to my home and I've, I've lived in my current, my grown up house for, um, (laughs) for over 23 years. So it's been here for such a long time and I had totally forgotten about it. And if, if, if Zoe and I hadn't discovered that journal, I never would have even remembered that I had that bag for such a long time. I don't even know when I would have thought about it. What an incredible gift though. Wow. Yeah. I mean, such a gift because I got to know my mom from my adult perspective, mm-hmm. because a lot of the letters were written when she was raising her kids and that's me and my brother. And yeah. I never got to know her from that, from my grown up perspective, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was such a meaningful experience and so much wisdom was contained in the letters and 
that's when I felt like, you know what, there's a book here. I just feel it. And I had no idea what it was going to look like. I didn't have an outline. I literally just sat and started writing and it just came and I cried so much when I was writing it. For and sure. it yeah. And it really, you know, it was a gift for myself in terms of like letting some of the grief and sadness go, but also uh-huh. a lot of readers feel like, you know, they um, can feel that and uh-huh. it, it helps people think about their own family and relationships and traditions and, you know, all those things. Amazing. How easy or hard was it for you to actually sit down and write that book? It was so easy. Um, that's what I mean when I say I feel like there are certain times in our lives when we're meant to maybe find something or discover something or do something. For whatever reason, I was meant to write this book at that time because I literally just sat down and I was I was in the flow. You know, we, yeah. we talk about flow with yeah. a lot of different processes and I just it came so easily and I wrote from my heart. And I think, you know, that's what really people say they can really tell. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it and so proud of it. I would think that writing from your heart too also makes the process a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I started crazy, perfect life, it's been about six years since I started at seven, since I went through breast cancer, I, I just made this commitment to myself that I was just going to be completely real, open, honest, raw. I mean, I was just going to say how I was feeling. I wasn't going to hold back. And I feel like in this season of my life, like that's kind of, I'm I'm really maybe comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's really, it's there, you know, Mm -hmm. that openness and and not holding back because if someone's going to take the time to read a book, they deserve to have complete open and honest. They, I feel like they deserve to get the complete story and, yeah. and have it be really real. Yeah. You know? And raw. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Was the process of writing the book also cathartic for you? Mm. Totally cathartic. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, I didn't realize so much of how I had been stuck in grief mm-hmm. for a really long time until I sat down and wrote this book. And I didn't realize a lot of things like, how I had kind of tried to put on a happy face and pretend like everything was fine and, and how grief had really followed me around like my shadow for the past Mm -hmm. 20 years. And, and so it was not only a gift for readers, but totally a gift for myself as well. Mm -hmm. So, so the mask you were wearing essentially came off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I think that it's really easy to sort of push away things that Mm -hmm. are uncomfortable to think about and, I had just had a new baby and I was just, you know, in this space where I was trying to figure out how to be a mom. And, and then I was a financial advisor and I went back to work after maternity leave and I was just had so many distractions Uh and I wanted those distractions because it made it so I didn't have to think about the sadness and the grief and the pain. And, And so then I sort of got used to being really busy and, and not thinking about things. And then time just kind of went on. But, you know, the thing about grief is you can't run from it. It's going to catch up with you eventually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, your emotions were all over the place. You just had a new baby. So you're elated about that experience and all that goes along with being a mother, tired, excited, 
overwhelm yeah. all of it, right? No time all of it. or no yeah. space, I guess. No space in your head for the grief. Yeah. And it wasn't fun to think about all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was just easier to say, oh, I'm so busy. And um, I remember going back to work right after that. And it was my number one best year that I ever had as a financial advisor. And I remember getting such praise like, oh my gosh, Dara, your mom passed away and just had a baby and you're look at you, you're doing so well. And, and I liked that. And then I was getting such positive feedback, but you know, at the end of the day, like someone who just lost their mom and had a baby, they should not be having their best year. And right. to me now, like that says so much, yeah. but at the time I just kind of bought into it all and, you know, convinced myself that yeah, I, you know, I'm doing great. I'm fine. When I was yeah. the farthest thing from fine. breaking inside. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Now you yourself have faced your own battles and struggles with cancer in your life. So not only did you have the grief of losing your mom to cancer on your shoulders, but then you had your own battle later on going through that and dealing with that. So can you tell us a bit about your personal struggles and journey in dealing with the grief and going through your own struggle as well? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, So when I was 42 and my kids were 11 and 14, out of the blue, literally one day I was fine. And then the next day I heard the words, you have breast cancer. And my mom didn't actually have breast cancer. She had melanoma, which is a form of skin cancer. But regardless, I was devastated at getting that diagnosis and remember being on the table and this doctor was doing a biopsy and I was just sobbing on the table crying. And I was just like, you don't understand. I can't have cancer. I can't have something happen to me. I know how hard it is to live in the world without your mom. And I can't do that to my two daughters. And it was literally like the most devastating diagnosis because it brought up so much of the pain that I had had from my mom's death that maybe I hadn't even dealt with. And mm-hmm. so I didn't even see my experience going through breast cancer. It was really hard. And I wasn't someone that sailed through chemo and I was really sick and blah, blah, blah. And I found it relatively early and I was really lucky in terms of like all the research that's been done in that space. And I had a really good um, prognosis, but from where I sat, you know, I was the mom in the carpool line with cancer and I was just so devastated. But when I started writing this book, that's when I realized like, you know, a lot of that was just unfinished business from when my mom was sick and I was, it it like triggered so much of it. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. When we don't deal with things, it doesn't necessarily go away. It's still there. And for me, it all sort of resurfaced when I was going through breast cancer, but I didn't see it. And I, and I didn't really even understand until I was writing this book. I can't even imagine how devastating that must've been when you first heard those words, because I would imagine that the first thing that comes to your mind is, Oh my gosh, my mom passed of cancer. And now I've got this. Yeah. It, It was terrifying. And I remember this one nurse, she said to me, and I'm not exactly sure like how she even this was pretty perceptive of her because it was really early in the process. And she just turned to me and she said, Dara, your mom's story is not your story. You don't have to have the same ending she had. You can write your own story. And I mean, that was like the best thing that someone could have said to me in that space because, 
you know, I was just devastated that like, yeah. oh my God, history is going to repeat itself. And yeah. then my daughters, you know, I think it just even made it so much harder for them because they had seen how hard it was for me mm-hmm. to raise them without having my mom. Yeah. And it was just a mess. <laughs> those, those words are incredibly powerful. Yeah. Wow. I know. Right. Yes. Amazing. So how did you push through and overcome the grief and your personal struggles? You know, I got to the end of going through breast cancer and I had gone through chemo and surgery and radiation and blah, blah, blah. And I had wanted to do, like, I wanted to be as aggressive as possible. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do everything I could possibly do because I knew that that was going to help my mental health, like getting, getting on the other side of it. And I remember the doctor said to me, okay, Dara, we're done with everything. It's time to go back to the business of living your life. And I remember feeling like I have no idea how to do that. I have changed so much and I was terrified. I was really scared. And so I remember feeling like, okay, I have a choice. I can stay in that space and let fear just dictate the rest of my life Uh or I can do something about it. And so I did a shit ton of work on myself. I went to counselors and a grief counselor. I actually had two counselors and they didn't know about each other. (laughs) (laughs) And I would see like one counselor one week and then I would see like the other counselor the next week, but they didn't know about each other. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of funny, but um, you know, I just did so much reading and work on myself and, and really just tried to figure out like, okay, what can I do to show up and be the best version of myself, the healthiest version of myself and really just, tried to not, you know, self-care is kind of a buzzword, but for Uh me, it really became like a lifestyle. And I, that's when I told my husband, I'm like, guess what? I'm quitting my job Um, (laughs) because I didn't want to go back to being a financial advisor. I Uh mean, thinking about money didn't seem so all the time, didn't seem so important. I wanted to use my experiences to help other people. Uh And so that's when I quit my job, started crazy, perfect life. I had no idea what I was doing at all. And I just kind of went for it. And, you know, I'm so grateful. I I made a lot of mistakes, but Uh we learn from our mistakes and, you know, we just keep, you keep trucking on. But I think at the end of the day, I just, I feel like I've learned how to be really resilient and it served me really well. I was just going to say that takes a hell of a lot of resilience and kudos to you for, for doing that because it's so many people would just wither up and, and, and not die, but just let things take their course and not fight. And I think that's amazing. And as you mentioned, this is where you decided to quit. So I'm going to assume here that all of these experience, all of these years that have built up with losing your mother and then you being diagnosed with cancer and you overcoming cancer, these were the catalyst for that decision to leave that world behind, correct? Yeah. In fact, I remember taking a walk in my neighborhood a few weeks, like about a month or a few weeks before I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember saying to myself, I don't really want to be working as a financial advisor anymore. I don't want to be doing this anymore. I mean, I loved it and I loved Uh my clients, but it was stressful and Uh it was just, it didn't, it wasn't speaking to my heart. And I remember saying something major is going to have to happen to give me the courage to walk away because, you know, on paper, I checked a lot of the success, success boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, 
be careful what you wish for because yes. boom, I, you know, I always say that if I hadn't gone through breast cancer, I really don't think I would have walked away. I think there's a good chance I'd still be doing what I was doing because it was easy and, you know, easy in the sense that sometimes it's hard to kind of like rock the boat and Absolutely. walk away. Yeah. So I think I would have just stayed the course and comfort, comfort zones. Yeah, it's so funny how that exactly. happens with so many people that we just get so comfortable that it does take a life altering experience or something major happen to happen to us to make us change that path. It's crazy. Yeah. It's because, almost like the universe was like shaking me, yes, right? Like yes. Dara, live the life you want to be living. What are you mm-hmm, waiting for? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. You know, you hear so many people that stay in jobs until they get laid off and then they're like, oh my God, this is it right here. This is my opportunity. And they, and they shift gears and they change paths. But had it not been for that event, they would still be stuck where they were and it, yeah. it not feeding their souls like it wasn't with you. For sure. A hundred percent. So how have all of these experiences helped shape the Dara you are today? Do you think? I am so grateful, like every single day for the life that I have today. I, I mean, I just literally, I feel so blessed to be able to be doing the things that I'm doing and meeting the people that I'm meeting and talking to the people like you that I'm talking to and, you know, to be able to write and um, kind of look at the world as like, you know, my playground, if you will. And, you know, what do I want to do with my time and what do I want to create and what makes me happy? And I just, I feel nothing but complete gratitude for what I've been through and what I've learned along the way. I mean, do I wish that my mom hadn't passed away? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wish that every single day. And do I wish that I hadn't gone through breast cancer? Absolutely. I wish that I hadn't gone through that, but I've learned that, you know, I can't change what happened. And for yeah. so long I was fighting it. Like I wanted to ha- have a pencil eraser and yeah. kind of erase the blemishes on my report card of life, if you will. Yeah. And I, you know, we can't do that. So instead of fighting it, it's like, I just kind of accepted, okay, this is what happened. And what am I going to do now? And uh-huh. I try to focus my energy on, on what I want to do with my time and um, the relationships I have with the people that I love and care about. And I feel just so grateful every single day for this, this life. It's like a complete awakening. Yeah, for sure. What has been, would you say, the most important takeaway or life lesson from these experiences and struggles you've gone through? I think that we all we all go through hard things, uh-huh. right? I mean, life is hard for everyone. Nobody's going to, we're not going to get through this experience called life without ups and downs and challenges. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, I really do believe that our attitude has so much impact on how we feel every day and the decisions that we make and the choices that we're even granted. And so I just feel like I recognize that I can't control. There's a lot I can't control, but I can control my attitude and I have a responsibility to own that. And so even when life gets hard or there's challenges, um, you know, I have to try to remind myself of that, that I have a choice. And everyone listening to this podcast has a choice. How are we, how are you going to choose to 
sail through whatever you're going through in terms of the attitude that you choose to bring to the table. Amazing. Well, again, you are such an incredible inspiration. Just so amazing. The, the attitude and the mindset shift and mindset is everything. It, it, is. it really truly is. And you are a prime example of that. So kudos to you for, for shifting mm-hmm. the mindset and being able to do all this and pull through and have a positive attitude. I mean, I'm sure there are days where it's not that easy. Yeah. And it's very hard. Everything's and, and, not going to be puppy dogs and rainbows and ice cream, right? Well, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I'm a totally normal, real person and mm-hmm. I never want anyone to think that I don't get grumpy or I don't yell at my kids or, you know, that I don't have moments where my attitude isn't rainbows and unicorns because my gosh, it's life. And it's, we live on a polarity planet and we have to take the good with the bad, but I definitely have my moments and hard times like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize after all that I've been through that there is sort of, we do have a choice in terms of like how we view whatever challenges we are faced with. And Mm -hmm. I try to keep that top of mind and I know what I need to do to help myself feel grounded on a daily basis. And there are tools that I now have to kind of help me show up so that I can sort of get out of a bad mood if I'm in a bad, in a bad mood or, you know, get less grumpy if I'm grumpy, if you will, you know? So, I mean, I think the more, the more we go through things, the more we realize things about ourselves as well. Well, I think for one, you are a true inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you've written three books. You we've spoken about your latest. Can you tell us a bit about the other two books that you've written? Yeah. So, um, I am my mother's daughter is my most recent book Mm -hmm. and Crush Cancer and my, and then the Crush Cancer Workbook are the books that I, my previous books. And, um, those are books that I wrote after I went through breast cancer and I, I started Crazy Perfect Life, the blog, and I just was trying to find my voice. And they're really, Crush Cancer is the book that I needed when I went through breast cancer that just wasn't out there. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it, the first half is how, it's everything that I went through and things that I wish that I had known and things that any caregiver, I wish that caregivers had known Mm -hmm. um, or people who are trying to support people or have friends that have cancer. And then the whole second half of the book is okay. How did, how to move forward, like how to make peace with the fact that this happened and how to live the rest of your life, because that was the hardest part for me. Uh And then there's a workbook that accompanies the the book. So you can go like chapter by chapter and use the workbook. And I do a lot of workshops on that, using that workbook, which has been really fun. Very cool. So you mentioned Crazy Perfect Life. You're the founder of Crazy Perfect Life. Can you tell us a bit about that, what it's all about and the inspiration behind starting it? Yeah. So when I quit my job and I, I said, you know, I told my John, my husband, John, that I was going to start a blog, crazy, perfect life. Um, well, <laughs> I was going to start a blog. I didn't have a name and I was with my kids. We were at the beach and I had like a list of names and we, I literally just, we took a, we took a family vote mm-hmm. and we decided everyone liked the name crazy, perfect life. But for me, the reason that I love the name and the reason that it, it just spoke to me is because, you know, at the end of the day, life is crazy crazy, right? Uh I mean, Uh all of it, the good, the bad, the hard, just all of it. And 
at the same time, because it's life, like we're so lucky to be alive that in itself makes it perfect because we are alive. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of like embracing the crazy with being alive. And (laughs) that's what it, that's kind of what it means to me. That's great. I love it. Now I read that you've made it your goal to use your life experiences to help people strengthen their relationships, create more happiness and joy in their everyday lives. Why have you decided to make this your mission? Why is this so important to you personally? At the end of the day, to me, there's nothing that matters more than the relationships we have with the people that we love and care about. I mean, that's it. It, it, you know, if you're going through a hard time, it's the people that are going to pull you through. If you are experiencing a really happy time, it's the people that you care about that you want to share it with. And I just feel like I've learned so much about, you know, how to navigate through challenges and, and, and how to grow relationships. And when I was reading those letters with my mom, the, the, the letters that my mom wrote, mm-hmm. just in writing that book, that whole experience really taught me so much about how to, I thought so much about how to grow relationships and connect more with the people that we love and how to be intentional about all of it. And I realized like, that's what's so important to me. And, you know, I just want to, I want to help other people kind of recognize that because a lot of people don't know how to grow their relationships. They don't know how to you know, how to fix something, if you will, or how to talk Mm -hmm. to someone or how to connect more, even with their own kids, they don't know how to do that. And so, um, my relationships with my daughters are, and, and now they're 21 and 18 are just so important to me and relationships take work and respect and, you know, just all the things, but I, I love helping people with that. Would you say that your relationships have strengthened because I find it I mean, I'm, it's human nature that when we go through something as what you've gone through or something along those lines, that it makes us appreciate what we have a hell of a lot more than we did before we went through that. So has going through what you've been through with losing your mother and then dealing with your cancer and whatnot, has that helped strengthen your relationships because of what you've learned and what you've realized through your experiences? It's helped me strengthen the relationships with the people that I wanted to strengthen Uh my relationships with. Uh So what I realized is that, you know what? Not everyone is meant to be in my life for all forever. There are different seasons as I changed. I've changed a lot in the past seven years. You know, not everyone likes the new Dara and that's okay. And so some of my friendships, some of my relationships have dissipated, if Uh you will. Uh And, you know, there wasn't any big drama situation, um, but I I grew and I changed and maybe we just didn't have a lot in common anymore. But um, absolutely with the people that, you know, at the end of the day, if we want to have a close relationship with someone, we have to put the time and the energy and make the commitment. It has to be intentional. And I feel like it really was kind of a wake up call to me in terms of like who is important to me. And you do see who your people are when you go through hard things. Absolutely. For sure. You see who's there for you. Yeah, for sure. Who's not, definitely. To date, Dara, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? 
I would say, honestly, my family is my biggest win. My kids and my husband. I mean, to me, there's nothing that's more important to me than my two daughters and my husband and my brother and my dad and, you know, my extended family as well. But I'm so proud of my, my daughters and the humans that they are. And I'm proud of my relationship with my husband. And we've been together for, for a really long time. Um, almost, (laughs) almost 30 years. And, um, you know, it's, it takes work to have that kind of, I mean, it's not always rainbows and sunshine Mm -hmm. and, you know, relationships go up and down if you will, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our relationship and, and what we've, our family unit that we have built. Amazing. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Hmm. That's a challenging one. I would say that I, I think I'm more resilient than I, than I realized that I had the ability to be and that I'm able to kind of like say, okay, this happened, but now what? And I, I feel like I do take risks, not like the kind of, I'm going to jump out of an airplane (laughs) kind of risk because I'm probably never going to jump out of an airplane. Um, and I'm really okay with that too. Um, but you know, kind of like I sort of have this attitude of, yeah, you know, I'll try it. What's the worst that can happen? Uh-huh. You know, like if I write this and people don't like it, what's the worst that can happen? Or if I try to do this and it doesn't go so well, then I'll, you know, I'll kind of regroup and, and try something else. So yeah. I feel like I'm really good at putting myself out there and taking risks with crazy perfect life and what, 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 what's coming next, if you will. But, um, and I've definitely made a a shit ton of mistakes, but you know, we learn and we just keep going, but I, I I feel like I'm good at that, but I'm not going to be jumping out of any airplane or like skydiving, any of that mess. Yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Ooh, good question. So if you had asked me that, seven years ago, the definition would be completely different than the definition that I have for today. So Uh that was a big thing that I had to do is I had to redefine success for myself and our society likes to measure things. Let's be honest. Uh And we do that based on the size of your office and your paycheck and your house and, you know, materialism, blah, blah, blah. But today I measure success based on, honestly, the relationships I have with the people that I love and care about. That's a big one. And am I doing things that bring me joy? Am I, do I feel it in my heart and my soul? Like, am I doing, is what I'm doing meaningful to me? And does it, does it feed me in a way that only I can know it? Does it bring me joy? And, you know, those are things that I would never have thought would be used in defining success for myself. I mean, Uh, I would, back in the day, I would have been like, you know, how much money did I make this year? That's my success. That was my measurement period. Yeah. It's funny how things shift. Yeah, absolutely. Different perspectives. We get older and we realize the importance of things. And and of course, with what you've gone through, your life experiences dictate the change as well. Yeah. And, you know, we've all been through so much this past year with COVID. And I think I'm seeing a lot of people sort of maybe think about this and reshape 
some of their own priorities as well. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's maybe something good that can come out of something bad because it's, it's been a really hard year for, for so many people. Absolutely. But there is a silver lining and we have to, you always have to look for the silver lining. There's, there's always going to be a silver lining somewhere. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of that's again, goes back to mindset and being able to shift that mindset to not dwell on the negative of the situation because that's easy to do, right? We can all get sucked into that negativity, but it's shifting that mindset and finding the positive in the negative. Absolutely. And you know, you do that by paying attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. Uh And if you're with a bunch of negative people, that is not going to help you be positive. Um, So that's really important. And just paying attention to how you feel and energy doesn't lie. You know, we can tell if we're feeling good or feeling negative. 100%. Yeah. So speaking of importance, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? I've learned that we really can create the life that we want to create. We really have that choice. And I don't think I really realized that um, because it's easy to sort of, like we talked about earlier, get stuck or stay where it feels safe or just show up every day because this is the way that we do things. But, you know, I learned that we really, that I really did have the ability to make changes that could bring me more happiness and joy. And I don't think I realized that I had that power until I had been through what I went through. And then I was just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to make changes. But I, for everyone listening, like, don't wait for something major to happen. Just, you know, figure out what you want and then find a way, because I really believe that there are things that we can do to help us get where we want to go. We just have to sort of be willing to sort of make those changes to take us where we want to go. And get out of that comfort zone. But yeah, I, yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that we can do whatever we want and in this life. And as long as we set our mind to it, we yeah. can accomplish it. You just have to put in the work and be willing to, of course, first thing is shift that mindset and get out of your own head and get out of your own way and just do it. Yeah. And you know, my head can be a really scary place to be sometimes, you know, <laughs> I mean, as can all of ours. Yes. I mean, you know, we can, it's easy to get fear. Fear is like uh-huh. such a big part of that. And, you know, and that just brings anxiety and the what if thinkings and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like a lot of times I try to ask myself, like, what's the worst that can happen? And it's often not really that bad. Yes, and so exactly. once you realize that it kind of makes it a little easier. For sure. I would agree with that 100%. Dara, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Just showing up every day, doing things that feed my heart and my soul. And there are certain things that I have to do every day that help me stay grounded. And being in nature is like one of my favorite things to do. Um, Even right now, literally as we're talking, I'm looking out at trees and the woods. I love like being in the woods. Um, and that's really important to me, just taking care of my health, taking care of myself. That's incredibly important to me. Um, I practice a lot of yoga, Kundalini yoga meditation, but that's what keeps me grounded. And for me, like I've learned that for me to be able to live the life I want to be living, I actually need to do things to help myself stay grounded. Yeah. 
Well, everything, every, absolutely everything starts with self. Everything begins there. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? My mom gave me just so much advice and wisdom. She was a counselor and I think that was one of the things she was my person and we talked, you know, every day, all the time. And she was so positive. And when she passed away, it's like, I didn't have that cheerleader in my life. And I think Mm -hmm. that was one of the, just, I missed just hearing her wisdom all the time. But I mean, she taught me like that your attitude is really the driving force in whatever experience you're going to have. And I didn't fully get that or remember that or see that until I found that bag of letters. But that's a hundred percent something that is so important for all of us to remember. Sure. 100%. What are you most proud of? I mean, absolutely my daughters, Uh but on a career basis, I mean, I'm so proud of, I am my mother's daughter. I mean, it's literally like probably my favorite thing that I've ever done in terms of just what I was, what I created, because it's, I feel like it's a book that, that can help so many people and help people like realize how important it is to tell the people that you love and care about how you feel and the power of the written word and, and, and traditions and the importance of thinking about how, like, for example, right now, I'm the link between my mom and my daughters and what I want to take from the past and make sure I teach my daughters for them to carry into the future. And, you know, just the roles that we play in terms of passing things down from one generation to the next and, and all of that. So I'm so proud of that book. You have plans to write another one or have you started to write another one? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm the happiest version of myself when I'm working on another project. Like Mm -hmm. I just love that experience. But so I'm working on a fiction book. I've actually always, always wanted to write fiction. And so that's, I feel like that's kind of the direction that I'm going to go in now. And so I'm having a lot of fun. I'm still, it's hard to find the time to, to kind of put into that Mm -hmm. um, because I'm still writing a lot for different places publications and such for this uh-huh. book and doing a lot of interviews for this book. So, you know, it's a balance, but yeah. um, I'm just trying to make a little time every day to, to, to write it a little bit on that. And it's, it feels really good. Yeah. Excellent. What is your personal motto? My personal motto. That's a great question. You know, I have a mantra that I uh-huh. say to myself. Okay. Um, And so this is something that I started to do after I went through breast cancer. I realized like the power of using positive affirmations. And I, so right now my mantra, my motto is I trust the universe is on my side and all that I want is on its way to me. And I say that to myself, like when I meditate, when I'm writing in my journal, but it's just, you know, kind of helps me recognize that trust is a really important part of whatever we're doing in our life. Mm -hmm. And also I really believe that the universe is on my side and that, you know, having that connection with the universe or God or whatever, whoever, whatever people listening to this, 
whatever that is for them. So that's, that's the motto, my, my mantra that I'm using right now. I love it. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? I invest in myself like time-wise every single day in terms of like how I spend my time just on my own self-care. I mean, with COVID, I haven't been able to make the investments that I really want to be making in myself. (laughs) You know, if I, if I had it, I'd be, um, there's an amazing, um, yoga studio place called Carpalo and it's Mm -hmm. outside of Boston and I love going there. So if, that's a place that I had committed to going there like once a year for the rest of my life. And I, that's how much I love it. Yeah. So I can't wait to get to do that. But, um, just like I said, taking the time every day to do the, do lean on the tools that I know are what, what I need to help myself feel really good. And, you know, another investment that I made is I started working with a nutritionist over um, the pandemic Mm -hmm. because I felt like I needed to, not that I wasn't eating really healthy. I was, I just felt like I needed to sort of maybe tweak what I was doing Mm -hmm. a bit. So, I mean, that's been a really helpful investment in myself. Okay, we're going to do a little rapid fire section here. So the next bunch of questions are just quick one, two, three word answer type questions. Okay. Okay. I love this. How would you describe yourself in one word? Smiley, happy. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite stress reducing activity? Kundalini yoga. What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Health for everyone. What's the first thing you think when I say the word future? Excited. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Be kind. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Be fucking kind. (laughs) (laughs) Entrepreneur life is? So fun. And to have the freedom is amazing. My favorite way to unwind is? Walking or yoga. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? This podcast. Very nice. Well, that's nice to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mom life is? Such a joy. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could not go without? My Vitamix. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Gotta get those smoothies in. Gotta get those servings of, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables in. Yeah, for sure. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Okay. So whenever I used to speak in person, uh-huh. I always played this song in my head and it's from um, America's, what is that that show? Like Greatest Showman and it's Who I'm Meant to Be. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. That concludes our rapid fire section. Dara, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I absolutely my mom. I mean, just for so many reasons, when I was growing up, she was my person and not having her has had a huge impact in my life. I mean, absolutely my mom. What is one of your biggest failures or life lessons, shall we call it? And what did you learn from it? I think staying in my job because I 
was afraid to leave it and walk away. And my ego got in the way of that was not being true to myself. And I'm glad that I learned that lesson. I'm sorry that I had to learn it by going through breast cancer, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm glad that I, you know, that gave me the courage to make the changes that I really did want to make to stay true to myself. Okay. If you could hold on to one memory from your life forever, which one would it be? The feeling of snuggling with my daughters. Absolutely. Uh I mean, you know, that's the Mm -hmm. best. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to pretend that you're, that you're fine if you're not fine. And lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Be authentic, figure out who you are and what you want to do. Give yourself permission to do it. Be nice to everyone along the way. And don't worry about what other people say about you because it doesn't matter. Awesome. That's beautiful. Dara, thank you so much. This has been an incredibly inspirational conversation. I've enjoyed every minute of it. You are a true inspiration. Thank you for sharing your story and being part of the Empowerography community. You are now a member of the Empowerography community permanently with your story. So thank you so much for taking the time to share and be here today. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for letting me share my story today and for all the work that you're doing. It's truly amazing. And I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Thank you. You are such a courageous woman. And like I said, just an incredible inspiration, a beautiful soul. So thank you for being here. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Dara Kurtz. She is an author based in North Carolina. Thank you so much, Dara. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.